Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where everyday topics and everyday people come together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the Beautiful Butterfly Show with your host, Bianca Fly. everyone to the beautiful butterfly show i'm your host bianca fly want to say welcome everyone to another spectacular episode of the beautiful butterfly radio show you guys and as always the beautiful butterfly radio show is brought to you by yrn1328 that means you have the opportunity to be listening to a show that is being heard all over the globe you guys so how exciting is that you guys and so of course it's Thursday. Um, we are wrapping up the week, but hey, nevertheless, we got another dynamic guest uh, for you all this evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about no other than author Teresa Mason Browning, also known as uh, Miss T. Uh, she's coming on, and we're going to be talking about her book entitled A Black Man's Pain. And when I tell you guys, this is a phenomenal read, and after this broadcast, if you haven't read it, you're going to want to read it uh, because it's just that good, and it touches on so, so, so many topics um, that a lot of our black men in general deal with. So we're going to be getting into that tonight, and we're going to learn more about her as well. And as always, uh, for you folks out there listening, doing the uh, interview, if you have a question or a comment for her, or you just want to call in and show her some love, you can do that. The number is 347-326-9139. And of course, we're not going to delay any further, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to bring the lady of the hour on here so you can learn even more about her, you guys. Teresa, you there? Yes, good evening. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fabulous. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, definitely thank you so much for coming on here and joining me this evening. Definitely appreciate it. And thank you for having me, Bianca. I do appreciate it, and thank you for all the love. Absolutely, absolutely. So, of course, for the folks out here uh, who may na- may not know who you are, tell them a little bit about who is Miss Arthur T. Miss Arthur T. actually lives in uh, South Carolina, but I am from Washington, D.C. Okay. I was raised in Washington, D.C., but I'm a military brat, so I've had an opportunity to travel a little bit. And Mm -hmm. um, I have five grown children, and I have five beautiful grandchildren. Wow. I'm a, what, a motivational speaker, I'm a mentor, I'm a great friend, and of course, I'm a child of the Most High King. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Absolutely. So definitely between the kids and the grandkids, they definitely keep you on your toes. <laughs> yes, ma'am, that does keep me busy. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So for you, um, when did you discover um, your love and your passion um, for writing? You know, Bianca, I've been writing since I was 12 years old. I had to have a okay. way to escape some of the things that were happening in my life. And I mm-hmm. grew up in a dysfunctional family. So the way that I coped with that was mm-hmm. to escape from everything and write. Right. Right, absolutely. And so oftentimes you hear about people talking about writing and about journaling um, to express different things that they have went through or are going through their life at the moment in time. And so do you believe that at the age of 12, you know, um, with so much going on in your life, do you believe that writing um, became therapeutic for you? It became an outlet for you to kind of let all of the things that you were holding inside go? You know, absolutely, and I I know that I couldn't talk to anybody directly about what was taking place in my home. I had a few friends that I could talk to in school that I would express what was going on, but to actually just tell people what was taking place, I, I couldn't do it. So I just found that it was better and, and, and actually therapeutic and, 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 and a healing process to be able to just write it down. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely, which is, which is a great thing um, for young people, you know, teenagers to do, especially when you, you know, when we're going through those teenage moments and we're dealing with a lot, and so oftentimes we may not be able to talk to our parents like we want to, and so being able to have that outlet to release, you know, some of those hurt, pains, and, and frustrations that we experience. That is correct. Yes, ma'am. You're absolutely right. And then as a young person, it definitely, excuse me, it definitely helps because when we're going through transition, meaning, you know, coming from preteen to teenagers, you have to have a way to be able to express yourself. And sometimes expressing yourself to your family members or mom and dad, it's not possible. So you just find a way to escape. So I, I just found that you know, that was the best thing for me. Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, um, um, in your writing, um, you've written uh, some great novels. You had um, Why I Kept My Past a Secret. And so um, with with that being um, your book, and so what made you um, decide? When was that moment that you decide, you know what, I have some stories to tell, and and I want to put them in books so others um, can read this and others may gain some help um, and insight from my stories. When was that moment that you discovered you wanted to actually publish um, your book? You know what, Ed, I thank you for asking me that question. I didn't actually see it. My best friend, Marcia Page Conyers from Maryland, she actually one okay. night was in my room and she picked up my journal and she started writing. I mean, she started reading. And she was like, uh, I was like, why are you reading my journal? And she was like, I can't put it down. She couldn't put it down. And she said, you have a special way of telling a story. And she said, she said it makes you just want to keep reading. And so right. 
uh, I went through some storms in my life, and mm-hmm. this best friend gave me an envelope some years ago, actually 22 years ago, and she said, when you get to where you're going, she said, I want you to open this envelope, and she said, I want you to become the next best writer. She said, because you definitely wow. are Wow. So wow. wow. And so, it, it, you know, it's often amazing how um, other people can see a gift uh, within ourselves that we, you know, sometimes we don't even notice or we tend to overlook uh, within our own selves. That is absolutely correct. That is correct. Because, like, even though she was telling me that I had it and that I had a great way to tell a story, mm-hmm. I still had mm-hmm. to build my self-esteem, to build my confidence level enough to mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm going to let somebody see this before I can go with it. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in writing um, and getting that first book out you know, for you, you um, reveal a lot of, you know, deep and personal things. And so I wanted to ask you, because especially when it comes to the African-American community, when things happen within our families, uh, we've all been under those cliches of, you know, whatever goes on in our home stays in our home and, you know, not to tell anybody uh, your business or what's going on in your home. And so what was that feeling like to be able to write a book and, and actually just release, you know, and share those things that took place um, that affected your life? Well, you know what? I had two different battles going on at the same time. I had a mm-hmm. battle going on with my parents, and I had a battle yeah. going on with the ex. And it was like, excuse the expression, damn if you do and damn if you don't. Because right, right. I'm mean, scared to death because, my, you know, the parents are saying, if you put our name in the book, we're going to sue you, yada, yada, yada. And the, wow. ex, the wow. ex, I was scared of the ex because I said, well, if I say too much, then he may come back and shoot me, you know. So mm-hmm. what I did, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, the, the what I found that I needed to do was go to God. I went to God, and I said, yeah. okay, Lord, if this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. Give me what I need to mm-hmm. instill this faith and move forward. And then, like I right. said, the first time the first book came out, and it was well-received, and it, it went to the top, and it, it did just what I wanted it to do. It helped a lot mm-hmm. of people. And even though we right. feel like we're walking around here with this excess baggage, at some point in our life, we have to be able to do what? Release the baggage. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and the thing about it is that, you know, a lot of people don't understand it, and I've talked to authors in the past about this, about writing stories that, you know, can be, you know, very personal and very sensitive, and a lot of people are very skeptical, you know, about sharing things because they don't know, uh, you know, like you say, with your parents and the ex, how they're going to react and, and, and what, what, the, what the outcome of it all is going to be. Uh, but doing that, we also learned that the more that we hold on um, to things in the past that have affected us, the more it tends to just carry on um, into our lives. You know, things that happen in our childhood, some people who haven't dealt with that 
you know, it still affects us in our adulthood, you know. So it's better to get to a place where we can release. And sometimes, yeah, you may hurt some people's feelings. You may, you know, rub people the wrong way. But the best thing is that you were able to, you know, release and share your hurt in hopes of helping somebody else who may have been through, you know, the same situation. You're absolutely, that. I mean, that is correct. I couldn't have said it better. And, you know, when I think about why I write, it's not to air my dirty laundry. It's not to tell stories about my past, but it's to release the things that have held me captive because I was in unhealthy relationships. I was dealing with things of the past, taking them into new relationships, hoping that I could sweep it up under the rug and that it would never unfold itself. And then one day you look up and and the whole carpet just comes out and there's so many holes that you're like, uh, and they say, well, what is that? That's my life. Right. And so now I have to take the time to patch all that up. And, And the way that I did that was I built my personal relationship with God. Yeah, and I absolutely. wouldn't have been able to do it without him. Absolutely, absolutely. And I wanted to ask you, um, through it all, um, going through so much in your past and, and talking about it um, in that first book and the books that you have written, uh, for you, what have you learned about the power of forgiveness? Uh, I know a lot of times people say, you know, you don't forget what happened to you, but a lot of times you can forgive, and and oftentimes we're not forgiving, you know, for the other people who have committed the wrong against us, but we're forgiving for ourselves to give ourselves some type of relief. And so through all the things that you have been through, uh, what have have you learned the most about the power of forgiveness? You know what? The power of forgiveness is just what it is. It's it's power. But you know what? You have to be selfless. You have to look at things differently. You cannot hold on to the deeds of yesterday. You cannot hold on. You know, know, our bishop said it best, and I'll say it like this. We have to Mm -hmm. love everybody to be able to be in the kingdom of heaven. However, he didn't say we had to be around them. So if you don't like somebody, you you, you have to love them, but you don't have to like them and be around them. So you separate yourself and you learn how to forgive because you want to make it to see your loved ones that have already passed on. So my goal was how do I stop myself from hating somebody that's holding the keys? I didn't want them holding Mm -hmm. my keys. So that Mm -hmm. same friend sent me a book, and she said, I want you to read this book. She said, however... She said, you are saved, and you say that you have the Holy Ghost, and you say that you're but you still hate these people. So I had to learn right. to relieve that anger and say, hey, and I went to those people and say, hey, please forgive me. Forgive me, because I don't yeah. want you to have my keys, and I don't want to go to hell, because I wouldn't forgive <laughs> you for how you treated right. me or for what went on. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, Allison, uh, a question from one of our listeners, Allison from Alabama. Um, she wants to know uh, the things that happened to you when you were younger. Um, do you wish you would have spoken spoke about them when you were younger uh, versus till waiting till later on? You know what? 
Allison, I don't think that I would have done it any differently because if you're a child and you're seven and eight years old and your parent tells you that if you say anything, I'm going to kill you, mm-hmm. what are wow. you going to do? You're going to keep your right. mouth closed for fear. You, you, you're too young right. to make a, a rational decision other than the fact, listen to your parents. Right. But once right. I got old enough to not even be old enough to be put in a position to walk away, I ran away because I didn't know another way to deal with the pain. And I was tired of the pain being inflicted upon me. So I did the best right. next thing. You learned it in school. They say, run away. So I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what we're going to do, guys, we're going to take a break, but we're going to come back and we're going to get into uh, Miss T's uh, latest uh, book, you guys, that we're going to be talking about this evening, A Black Man's Pain. And so we're going to be talking about that. Um, and so if you got a question or comment for, uh, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139. All you have to do is press 1 if you're already on the line or if you're out there listening. And uh, we can bring you in on the line at any time so that you can uh, have your chance to talk with her this evening. So we're going to take a few breaks, you guys. We're going to come back with more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2. And Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his works available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. Hey everyone, it's me, Lisa, from the Conversations with Trent show, featuring, you guessed it, me. Be sure to tune in Friday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, as we strive to guide you to greater authentic living, right here on your radio network, YRN 1328. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly, and this evening, you guys, we are joined by Arthur, uh, Miss T, you guys, Arthur, Miss Arthur T. Uh, she's joining us, and we're going to be talking about her book, A Black Man's Pain, you guys. And as always, you're welcome to join the conversation uh, by calling in 347-326-9139 is the number, and of course, Teresa, let's delve into a black man's 
pain. And so for you, um, how did you come about actually creating this book? What did you find the, the motivation um, and the idea to actually create this story? Well, I've talked to a lot of young men in my day, and a lot of them suffer from low self-esteem, I mean, and letting their pride down and just trying to be a good guy, but because they run into women that have been hurt, have been abused, and don't actually understand what it is to have a good man, they mm-hmm, they're looking mm-hmm. for it wrong in the wrong arena or the wrong way and they lose you know they lose out so you know i right. decided that we always write books which we do we always write books about what women go through and what children go through and families but how many books do you see that's actually geared to the african-american male where you're going to tell his story and that you're going to let other people feel his pain. He has a genuine right. concern. He has a genuine pain. He's, he's a great guy. He has everything that he needs, but it's not being reciprocated. Right, right. And and, and with this book, um, the, the main character of, of this book, Irvin, and so with this uh, character, um, Irvin is, is a young man who has definitely, definitely faced um, a lot of obstacles at a very, very young age. And so um, how did you uh, come about creating his character? Well, what we have to realize is that we look at the real in everything. Everything has a right. real place. And how many young men do you, well, you may or may not you know, he did, trying to look for love. He was created out of a situation and being right. able to just survive and not knowing right. whether I'd live from one day to the next day. That's hard. Right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think the thing about um, and what I've learned about uh, talking about men who have been through uh, situations such as these, men who have um, been abused, been abandoned, all these different molested, you name it, is that oftentimes most men do not discuss these issues because majority of the time they're not taken seriously, you know, when they do tend to share your sto- their stories. You know, we have put this you know, kind of the staple on our black men that, you know, when they talk about some of their pain um, and, and hurts that they have been through in their life, we accumulate that as a sign of weakness instead of seeing that, you know, this is a man who is letting you know what's going on with him, what he's been through. And so do you think that when it comes to, you know, the black community, uh, we put a lot of pressure on our black men uh, to be strong and to be, you know, courageous, and we don't allow them to open up and share, you know, a lot of the hurts that they have been through in their life. Right. But I, but the men that I kind of hang out with, mm-hmm. those men were willing to share. And they said, when are you yeah. going to write a book about what we go through? I said, well, yeah. talk to me. Yeah. Tell me how you feel. Right. Tell me these words. Right. You know, I've talked to some doctors, I've talked to some firemen, I've talked to labor workers, I've talked to all different types of men, and and, and they all 
had a similar story. And I just felt like it was time for me to put a king where he needs to be because, you know, I want a king and I want the king Mm -hmm. to reign in my life and I want him to know that he comes first and that I won't belittle him and that I won't, you know, put him down, regardless to whether he's a trash truck driver or he's working at McDonald's. As long as he is a loving man and he's taking care of me, what difference does it make? We have to get out of this uh, mentality that we've got to have a thug or a man that has a million dollars in order to be happy. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely true. And, of course, uh, for this book, uh, without giving away too much, but we definitely want folks to read it, but kind of bring us in and tell us about Irvin, because Irvin is, he was uh, raised uh, by his grandparents at a very young age. Um, his mom, um, with, like you said, so many experiences, where he had a mom who was just kind of, you know, in and out, in and out. It was like that revolving door. She was there one minute, gone the next. So tell us a little bit about Mervin. I mean, excuse me, Irvin and the way he grew up. You know what? I think the most powerful thing about Irvin is that he had the foundation, the proper foundation, but would he use it? Mm. Would he use mm. it? You know, because right. you know, right. he had your parent that came in and said, oh, I'm going to now take over without giving the right. story away. She took over for a purpose, but it was a purpose yeah. that he didn't find out about until he was a grown until you know right. he was coming of age, and you know, so right. Irvin was look what he was. All he wanted to do was be what loved. Right. He wanted to take right. care of a family. He wanted to take care of himself, and he just felt like that everything that he was doing, he was doing it for the benefit of his family. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I Absolutely. think a lot of us think that um, because. I mean, I heard people say that maybe Irvin may have been naive. I don't think so. I think it was mm-hmm. that he was doing just what he thought that he should have done, but he just didn't see the red flags. It did not register. Right. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and oftentimes we don't also, you know, we, we hear the stories about women who have experienced different things and they're they're searching for love in the wrong places, you know, maybe dating the wrong guys and, and getting mixed up and, and all those different things. But this was definitely a, a great and interesting spin to see it from a male perspective, you know, who had been through so much coming up and he still, you know, had a lot of stuff that he dealt with even as he became a man, you know. Even as he uh, became, you know, husband, father, all those great things, he still battled with some things because it was things that, you know, he had not quite dealt with. And so for you, um, do you think that as women, um, as women, we should also, like you said, you sat down with a gentleman who were open because they wanted somebody to share their story. They wanted somebody to tell their story about the things that they've been through. Do you think that we as women as well happen need to be more open uh, to men, you know, sharing those um, part of, of their lives with us? I think that every man should have an opportunity to express himself one way or the other, you know, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. And I think what we don't do as women, we're hot-headed, 
you know, we sometimes, not all the time, not all women do this, <laughs> we know it all, and we know what's best for us. Right. You know, and then with retrospect to that, why not listen to us? Why can't mm-hmm. he be mm-hmm. right? Why do you have to, you know, be right all the time? I mean, and then, you know, when you look at his situation and his parents, you know, his parents and what his mother took him through and all that he Mm -hmm. went through. Right. I mean, he needed to learn it. And then, you know, at a young age, she thought he was out there doing whatever. He was doing whatever he (laughs) saw. His parents do it, even though it may not right. have been the most proper thing to do, right. but it was real. And they right. said, if your children are close to you, your children are going to do what? They're going to do the same things they see you do. So that's what they were doing. The children, I mean, he grew up doing the same thing he saw everybody else doing, and he thought it was okay. Right. He thought it was the proper thing to do. And the same thing about talking to another person, and I think that maybe – he was so gun ho about just getting it right and making it right that he right. didn't miss the flags. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's one of those things, especially, you know, talking about parents and oftentimes, you know, when, when children are young, we, we have the idea that, oh, they don't know what's going on or, oh, they don't know what's taking place. And some of us would be surprised, you know, how much our children take on um, at an early age and how much they take those things that actually apply rather good or bad uh, to their own life, you know. And so it, it leaves us as a responsibility to parents uh, to make sure that, you know, we, we kind of stay on our P's and Q's and give our kids the best example because what they might see us doing, you know, may not be the greatest example. And then they go doing it, you know, and creating more mistakes for themselves. That is that is so true. And I think that that was part of Irving's issue was that he was doing what he saw other people do because he thought it was proper until it registered right. that, wait, wait, maybe that is not the proper way to do things. So, right. I, like right. I said, I wanted to write a story that people could understand, they could feel it, they could, they could agree to disagree, but that they could see themselves or they could see their uncles or they could see things like that that have happened. And for lack of a better word, it starts from the root. The root is Absolutely. the parent, you know, and Absolutely. he was scarred. And, and, and as I wrote, he was scarred from what? Birth. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the great things I, I love uh, reading in this book is that there was a, a scene between Irvin and his grandma, and he asked his grandma if she thought um, that he was going to be ugly when he grew up. And she said, no, baby, you're going to be um, handsome, uh, who will grow up, you're going to be uh, handsome. You will grow up to be um, a handsome um, man one day. And so I love the fact that his he had, uh, you know, grandparents who always tried to show him, you know, the best way, the best way of thinking, kind of reinforcement as, as far as giving him positive um, encouragement and so forth. And so was that your intention to kind of implement, you know, some of the positive reinforcements that we as parents and, and grandparents should do um, for our young ones? 
we have to be able to set an example. Everything in yes. a book cannot be gangster. Everything in a right. book cannot be about belittlement. Where are we empowering right. our children to see the good right. in us? Right. We're mm-hmm. setting an, mm-hmm. an example, and his grandparents set an example for him. They were the light right. of his life. And, you know, Absolutely. even when they came in and he was ushered away, they still loved him still. They still sat him down when he made mistakes. And we won't say what the mistakes were. The grandpa right. had that, 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 that conversation sitting on the porch. You know, it's one of yeah, those things yeah. where you're trying to grow, but are you growing in the right area, in the right space? And so I wanted to instill what I learned. I mean, because right. it's real. When I write, I don't write fictitious stories where you can't have an understanding or you're not going to be able to get anything from it. I want to be able to empower people. I want to be able to be motivational. Yes, you'll mm-hmm, feel sexy mm-hmm. at some point in time, but you'll also learn a lesson. There's a valuable lesson in all of these things that took place. It's up to Absolutely. each individual to take what they need from it and grow. Absolutely. 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 And and I think that, you know, because we often hear so many people, men and women growing up, um, who have heard, you know, all kind of of negative things um, growing up uh, from about their appearance to, you know, what they're going to be or not going to be when they grow up and so forth. And a lot of people took that you know, and, and felt like that, that was that's how their life was destined to be. You know, well, daddy or mama told me I wasn't going to be anything. So people actually, you know, started to believe, you know, that they would never achieve much. So I, I'm definitely um, in agreement with um, the, the influences that you put within this book as well. And so uh, for you, what was the hardest part, if any, um, about uh, creating or writing um, a black man's pain? Putting myself in a man's role, understanding yes. what a man would go through as a boy man or a boy teenager right. or a man, a young boy or a young man turning into a man and being able to understand Absolutely. the pain that was inflicted or the changes in body and, and changes in mind and those things, that was the hardest part for me. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, what we're going to do, you guys, we're going to take um, a little break. We're going to come back with more, and uh, uh, Miss T is going to tell you guys uh, where you can go to purchase uh, this book and other books as well, you guys. And if you guys have questions out there, feel free uh, to call in. The number is 347-326-9139. If you're on the lines already, which I see many of you are, um, all you have to do is press 1, and we'll bring you on on the line so that you may have your opportunity to talk to Teresa tonight, you guys. And so we're going to take a little break. We'll be back with more uh, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show.
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And tonight, this evening, you guys, we are joined by Miss Arthur T, and we are discussing her book entitled A Black Man's Pain, you guys. And, of course, uh, Miss Arthur T, we do have um, a few questions uh, from some listeners. Uh, let's see here. Jeremy from California um, wants to know, how do you believe parents should start a conversation uh, with their kids about expressing their feelings and emotions? You know, earlier in the broadcast, we talked about, you know, uh, journaling and so forth to express themselves. But how does a – and he's a single dad, by the way. So how do you start the conversation with trying to get your kids to express their feelings and emotions when you kind of notice there's a little, you know, shift in their in their well-being? I think it really is going to depend on, and this is not to take this in a negative way, what kind of parents we're dealing with. We have Mm, to look at the caliber or the mentality of the parent. Some parents are easy to talk to, and they can sit down, and you may be able to express yourself without getting knocked across the table. But then you might have a problem that you say something to and you're saying it in the calmest way that you can and you find your teeth on the floor. So it really Mm -hmm, just depends mm -hmm. on the type of parent that's, you know, going to address the issues. And I say you have to to walk with kick gloves because you have to look at the parent and you have to look at their, you know, mental stability and how they handle other situations as to whether you can go into that situation saying, well, Mama, I don't think what you did to me was right. And, Mama, right. I don't like it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, in your book, um, there was a, a little piece where um, Irvin, well, he was told by his, his grandparents um, that his mom uh, experienced um kind of a, a nervous breakdown. And so uh, Veronica from New Jersey wanted to know, do you believe that mental illness is really taken seriously uh, within the black community? Uh, Veronica, that you couldn't have asked a better question. No, ma'am, I don't think it's taken seriously. It's not mm-hmm. taken the way that it should. It's very right. evident. And it's right. it, it's real, and and people mm-hmm. are suffering more and more and more every day with mental right. illness. And people say, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with you." No, you you can't say that because you don't know what's going on inside of another person's mind and what their mindset Absolutely. has been throughout their life. For you to say that there's nothing wrong with them, I would beg to differ. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely agree. And, of course, uh, for the folks out here listening, uh, Ms. Arthur T., tell them where they can go to not only purchase this book, um, but also um, your other awesome books that you have as well. You know what? I always tell people, go to my website first, www.TeresaMasonBrowning.com, because we, if you go through Amazon.com, we get a very small portion of what they actually mm-hmm. charge or I charge for right. that book. But if you get it from me, I am a self-published writer. I would get all of my residuals, and I believe that I've worked hard enough 
to receive that reward. Uh, I have my books in Black Author Inc. Uh, online store. You can get them from Amazon.com as well. And I always say to people, you know what? Support us self-published writers. I've been in this arena 17 mm-hmm. years, and I've done very, very mm-hmm. well, and I have a great fan base. However, I don't believe I've even tipped the iceberg yet because people still don't know who I am. Mhm, mhm. Absolutely, absolutely. And let's see here. Um, Christine from Ohio, she wants to know uh, what is uh, the hardest part about being a self-published author? And she said, um, do you think it's better to be self-published versus, you know, actually signing up with a uh, publishing company? I mean, I tried it with a publishing company. I got burnt. Mm -hmm. So I say to each individual, it may be a different circumstance, but that was over 20 years ago. So I've always been right. self-published, and I like the fact that I want to set my books at a certain price, and I don't want to ever go over what I said to the Lord that right. I would do because I'm right. really not doing this for just the monetary gain. I want to be able to right. help somebody. I want to, uh, you know, someone to understand that there's a healing process and that they could be healed or that they can let go of some issues that they're being faced with. However, I do work hard, and uh, my rewards come, and I thank them for the rewards, but I don't want that to be the center and the core as to why I've been out here 17 years. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, um, we always have expiring uh, writers and authors who are listening to the show. And so what would be your, what would be uh, Ms. Arthur T's word of advice to those upcoming writers and authors? I would say make sure that it's a passion I always ask mm-hmm. new writers when they come to me and they say, oh, I want to become a writer. And I say, why? Mm-hmm. Is it a passion? Yeah. Are you doing it for money? Mm-hmm. Doing it mm-hmm. as uh, just a way, a memoir? It's, there's different ways to approach how it is that you want to write and what you want to write about. And I always Absolutely. say, do your research. Research what it is that you want to write about. Understand what it is that the audience that you're trying to captivate, that you give them what they need. I didn't say mm-hmm. fall into the craft, and because it's a thug, you've got to have thuggish <laughs> things in the book. You know, I just say, do you. Yeah. And I always say, copy and make your books different. I'm a different type of writer. I've heard people Absolutely. say, I've never heard, I've never seen a writer write like you do. Well, that's because mm-hmm. I set myself, uh, I separate myself from the greatest writers because I'm great within myself because God gave me the right. ability to think about things differently. And the way I expressed myself through books, I just wanted to be different. I didn't want to be like everybody else. Or, of course, I'm not going to do plagiarism because, you know, that's high. You know, and I just say, <laughs> be careful. Be careful about what it is that you do do. And you got to, what they say, you not love what you do, but you got to like it. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. And, um, of course, if the folks out here want to connect with you, they may have some questions for you, um, how would they go about uh, connecting with you through social media? 
You know, um, I'm actually the community liaison for the African American Authors Literacy Campaign. We go to mm-hmm. a different state every week, at least once a month. Oh, wow. You can catch us on the circuit. You can look for us on uh, Facebook because the African American Authors Literacy Campaign is on Facebook. And then you can also yeah. catch me at Books and Music with Ms. Author T because that's how people find me. Um, and you mm-hmm. can also see me, um, I think it's Instagram, Miss Author T, and on Twitter mm-hmm. it's Teresa M. Browning at Miss Author T. So those are places that you could, you know, catch me on as well. Awesome, 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 awesome. And then I, and and then I think that, that I wanted to say if they don't catch me those places, I'm actually going to be at the Essence Festival this year, and I'm going to represent Black oh, Girls right. Magic this year. So, um, oh, my book right. That is amazing. Yes. So you can see me there as well. Awesome opportunity. Awesome opportunity. Uh, so if you guys are going to the Essence Festival, uh, make sure you go by and show Miss Arthur T some love as well. And uh, it's always um, a great to have someone who is passionate about what they do and they are doing it with a purpose. And so I have uh, truly enjoyed uh, reading A Black Man's Pain, and I'm definitely uh, recommending uh, it to the listeners out here that you guys go and purchase it. Actually, purchase a couple copies. Uh, Father's Day is going to be coming up pretty soon, <laughs> so it would make great gifts. Uh, to to give some fathers and some young men that you may know, um, or if you guys just may want to read it for yourself. So um, I have definitely appreciated having you on the show this evening. Well, you know, I want to say thank you, Bianca. I do appreciate you having me on the show, and it means a lot because this is how we get our exposure, and we truly, I know that I do. I appreciate you for just taking out the time to read the book and be able to say, hey, I understand and that it was a great read for you. So I do appreciate mm-hmm. that as well. Absolutely, absolutely. My pleasure. And you got any um, final words or thoughts you want to share with the listeners out here? You know what? I just say this. If you can believe it, you can achieve it, and don't stop until you reach the top. This comes from <laughs> the best you can see. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Well, uh, you are definitely welcome to come back on here anytime. Would love to have you. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, more of what's in store for you. And uh, coming up, I know we're, uh, what, four months into 2017. So do you have uh, any upcoming projects in the works? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I have two books coming out on June the 3rd. It's called My Double Set. It's called All That Glitter Is Not Gold and Sitting Behind the Gates of Hell. No, ma'am, I've never been to hell, but so felt like it. Absolutely, you guys. So, uh, Ms. Arthur T. definitely has some treats in store for you guys for this year, so be on the lookout as well. And once again, thank you so much. I have enjoyed having you on the show. We got a, a lot of callers who've been on here listening and supporting. 
uh, throughout the whole broadcast. So we appreciate uh, you guys who are listening uh, via the phone or your phone or tablet. Uh, we definitely appreciate you guys taking the time. And so, uh, Miss Arthur T., uh, you have a fantastic rest of your evening, and I'll be talking with you again soon. Thank you so very much. And I just want to tell the listeners, thank you for listening in and thank you for being supportive because without you, where would I be? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye. All right, you guys, that was Arthur, Ms. Arthur T. Um, of a Black Man's Pain. You guys, make sure you head over to her website, TeresaMasonBrowning.com, uh, so you can purchase um, her awesome books, um, such as Why I Kept My Past a Secret, um, Now That the Secrets Are Out, Living Free of the Secrets, and, of course, her latest, um, A Black Man's Pain. So you guys, make sure you go purchase it, support it. Um, as you said, being an independent um, um, author and publisher, you know, she works hard. So make sure you guys support um, our independent um, authors out here, you guys. And I want to let you guys know, um, next Thursday at 7 p.m., uh, we're going to have um, a poetry album release party here on the show. Uh, we got poet um, Martin um, Pounds, he's going to be coming on, known as the Writer's Poet. He's going to be coming on to uh, share his album entitled Eleven Eleven um, Elements of Me. Uh, so he's going to be here next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, uh, of course, I always appreciate you guys so much for supporting the show and supporting uh, the platform and network. And if you want to be a guest on the Beautiful Butterfly Show, guess what? All you got to do is email us at thebfly.show at gmail.com. Send all that wonderful, wonderful information over to us, and uh, we're going to get things set up for you. So I am Bianca Fly, you guys. I hope you guys have an incredible, incredible weekend. And we're going to go out of here with uh, gospel recording artist Deborah Price uh, with this song entitled Transform Me. So you guys have a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you next time. Transform me. To the woman you call me to be, Lord. Father, take over me. Help me be who you call me to be. Oh, transform me, Lord. Mm-hmm. What you created me to be, Lord. I'm tired of doing things Deborah's way. I no longer choose to be that way. Transform me. Transform me.
Show would like to thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram. That's at Instagram.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Also on Facebook.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. And last but certainly not least, you can also catch up with us on Twitter. That's at Twitter.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. And thank you once again for tuning in on behalf of the Vibration Radio Network.